Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Thank you for pulling a chair up to the table with us and sitting down, having another great conversation. Welcome to the Meeting of the Unknowing Minds podcast, episode number 17. This is going to be an absolute riot. We are excited about our guest tonight. No questions about that. Uh, and we're going to do it a little differently tonight as well. Um, but as always, uh, it is great to have you here. My name is Matt Eshi, the head cross country associate head track and field coach at UAB. Hopefully everybody's doing well. Go ahead and uh, if you're pouring another cup of coffee, get that sucker going or get it brewing, get a little drip action going, grab some water, some juice, whatever the case might be, whatever you're enjoying. Um, if you need to pop a top, go ahead and pour another one, put your feet up, enjoy the fire, enjoy the scenery, whatever you got going on. Let's get this rocking and rolling. But again, thank you for joining us uh, and pulling a chair up to the table. Um, we have a fun one, as we said, going. This is going to be something exciting for us, something we haven't done in a while. Um, but Without further ado, let's meet the panel that is here. We've got another great panel, as always, um, sitting in St. Louis, hanging out with the Billiken. I think he may have actually been coaching some track and field today. He can tell me if I'm wrong, but we got Mr. John Bell. John, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing well, Matt, and, and yes, you are wrong. I, Wednesdays are my day off. I, I, I stay home and work from home, but uh, we do have a COVID meeting tonight, so uh, we're going to have to multi-Zoom tonight, so it'll be – but I am looking forward to this. I think uh, the last few weeks have been um, – kind of drab. I mean, exciting guess, but drab topic with Minnesota dropping men's track and field, but uh, this will be a nice change of pace. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think this one's going to uplift you, get you laughing a little bit and going. And Sam Seams, let's give him credit. He was phenomenal last week. Got some great, great feedback on that. So Sam, again, thank you uh, for doing that. Um, we've also got uh, about a stone's throw away, depending on which, which way you look at it, down almost in Mexico uh, at the UTRGV, Mr. Darren Flowers. Darren, how we doing, sir? Feeling good, man. Watching the sunset again. I'm actually, I'm multitasking as well. I'm in the middle of cross-country practice. So, yeah, the kids are out putting in some miles, and uh, I'm multitasking here. Glad to be here. That is awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, we've also got with us from VCU, the legend that is. He's uh, moved. Are we in the new house, Tom? No, still, uh, still in the old house, but uh, November 16th, I'll be in the new place. November 16th. Okay, we're rocking and rolling there, man. I like it. So I'm out of furniture, though. I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. It's all different stuff. We just pushed our closing back about three weeks. We got some stuff we got to take care of, but at least we're going to make it happen. Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and as always, um, up in Bloomington, Indiana, holding it down in Hoosier land. Um, he doesn't play basketball that much because he probably blow out a knee or something like that. You know, he sticks to being on the track. We've got Mr. Mike Herb. How are we doing, sir? Doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, doing my best to keep up with the basketball stuff. Uh, it's a, a whole different world up here when it comes to that. So maybe a fan, but certainly uh, never was a good basketball player. So just doing the best I can. I think uh, it's okay. I think a lot of us weren't, and, and maybe that's why we went into track and field at the same time. I remember uh, in middle school or like seventh grade going like, pull me out, and then he goes, well, I'm like, why'd you pull me out? Coach is six for six. I was on fire. He's like, well, I didn't think you were there for that practice for the defense. I realized a couple of years later, it's just because that was my night. And he wanted me to go off and ride into the sunset. I'm like, man, seventh grade basketball. All right. That's how things go. So, all right. Uh, but we're going to do it a little differently tonight. As we talked about, we've got an exciting guest. I'm going to let uh, Coach Herb, I'm going to let Mike Herb go ahead and introduce our guest tonight and rock and roll with it. So without further ado, Mike, the show's all yours. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Um, it's, a, it's a real honor and a pleasure to introduce this guest. I'm going to do a Cliff Notes version of some <laughs> athletic accomplishments because I could, we could take up the entire podcast with the, 
with the accomplishments here. But in short order, um, this guest was a 25-time Big Ten title winner, which is a record in the Big Ten, 25 Big Ten titles, 10-time All-American, uh, three-time Olympian highlighted by a bronze medal in 1996, a world silver medalist, uh, has a lifetime best in the 400-meter intermediate hurdles of 52 62, which is still seventh uh, in the history of the world all time. Uh, and our guest tonight is Tanja Buford Bailey. So Tanja, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's a, it's a real honor. Thanks. No, you're, you're right. It is an honor and um, I'm ready to have a little fun. So awesome. Thanks for having me. And I don't want to leave Tom out here. Um, I mean, and, and maybe we want to wait a second, Tom, and, and get into this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Tanja Buford Bailey Track Club. We're gonna go over some of the uh, <laughs> some of the accomplishments that that they've all had, which is it's I saw this long earlier list. today, and it's it's, it's another long list. It's crazy. That <laughs> that could be a whole other thing going over there, accomplishments. But um, not only a, a a great guest, but a, a my former boss and a and turned very good friend, and uh, it's a pleasure to know her. But anyway, I want to turn it over to you. Um, like let's typically we talk about kind of where this whole thing got started, you know? So like, you know, you went to Illinois, uh, which I don't think now you would think as like this speed power house as it, you know, it's not an SEC school. It's not a big time program. So like, take us through how you got from those roots in Dayton, Ohio to the university of Illinois and, and what was high school or the collegiate transition like as an athlete? Yeah, you know, I actually didn't end up going to Illinois because it was a speed powerhouse, as a matter of fact. But um, I had a club coach who was who Harold Lefty Martin, very astute about track and field. Like he knew a lot of about uh, a lot of the coaches and what was going on in the sport. His daughter was a high level uh, athlete, and he knew of Gary Winkler. Mm. So when it when it when it came time for me to start looking at schools and every place that I wanted to go he was kind of steering me away from, which was LSU, which was a powerhouse at the time, Florida, which I think had won. Well, I think LSU was winning back-to-back national championships, but Florida, Florida was doing very well. Beth Kearney was there at the time. That's where I really wanted to go. Um, you know, you know, just a lot of schools like that. And then he was like, Hey, there's this really good coach. So he was selling me on the coach. Right. Which, uh, which is hard now. A lot of kids don't really get sold on the coach. They get sold on who's on the team and the names of these other kids that they heard of in high school. And that sort of thing. There was one, not one single person on Illinois team that I had ever heard of. Okay. Um, but then he uh, introduced me to Gary. We started talking. I really liked some of the stuff he talked about and it was more from the technical side and how you can get better and, um, you know, it wasn't about, oh, we're going to win national championship titles and we're going to get a ring and all that stuff. It was just kind of like, hey, you want to get better? Come get better. And so for me, that was pretty much it. And that's all I needed to hear. And actually, he uh, held true to every single word he ever told me about, um, you know, just uh, turning me into an elite level athlete. So as a matter of fact, when I started recruiting, I just kind of used the same theme, because in all honesty, that's what you want from your athletes. You want somebody that really wants to get better. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're preaching that and they're not sold on it, you don't want them anyway. Cause you know, they're coming to your campus because of all, oh, you know, the trees were, you know, I love how green those trees were and the dorm was this and like this kid was, you know, on the team before and they're cool. And I, you know, now you have social media. So that's a whole nother 
issue. <laughs> you can have these kids that they think are really cool because they're following them on social media and turns out, you know, that's the only reason why they want to go to a certain school. So, um, so that was pretty easy for me. And then right away, I, I realized like the first week of practice that I had, you know, I, I'd start running track when I was eight years old, but I realized the first week I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything about running. I, I was not in shape. I didn't know how to hurdle. Like, like I, I realized I didn't know anything in about a week. <laughs> I think that's easy to feel when you're talking to Gary Winkler. I mean, I've had right. limited conversations with him, but I mean, he's a different, he just operates differently than even among coaches, he operates differently. Yeah, and he doesn't even have to say anything. Like, he could just look at the track and be like, yeah, it's about 12 meters. And I'm like, how'd you, how do you know that? You know, <laughs> or, you know, it's just, it, it was just like, his knowledge of the sport but you know gary was a math teacher right so he's a smart guy too you know and and so that's the one thing that he taught me too is, is to learn this learn the sport sure and you know we we fought a lot in the beginning because i didn't really want to run 400 hurdles that was not what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and um you know my freshman year i actually i did it a little bit and it was embarrassing and i didn't like it and it wasn't fun and so i you know, I tried to make a deal. I said, look, if I can go to conference and score in the 200 and all these other sprint events and the 100 hurdles, I mean, will you not make me run 400 hurdles again? He was like, well, I didn't say it. I was just kind of like thinking like these next couple meets, which I think the next meet was like the Big Ten Championship meet. And I hadn't ran the 200 all year, but I'm like, Selena Mondi Milner was on the team. I don't know if you heard of her. And she was like the best sprinter at the time. And I'm like, I believe I can get second behind Selena in the 200. You know, <laughs> I had never ran it. And plus I was so motivated because I didn't want to run 400 hurdles anymore. <laughs> and I did get second behind her. And then after that year, he was like, okay, so here's the deal. You're running 400 hurdles or, or, or you can go back to Dayton. I don't care. And I'm like, I just won 100 hurdles as a freshman. I just got second in the, you know, the 200 and, you know, and all this. And then he was just like, you can go home because you're going to be wasting my time. <laughs> and I was just like, what? You know, it was different then. You know, you could talk to your athletes different then. Mm-hmm. You could kind of be real clear, with them. He, he like clearly saw something and was like, oh, hey, no, absolutely. Like, this is no. where you need to go. You know, no question about it. it. It was it was you can be you're a gifted athlete and you could probably do well in the hundred hurdles and you can probably you know, do well in the sprints. But like, this event can change your life. And I was just kind of like... But he was kind of, I don't want to say goofy like that, but like, didn't he go and see somebody play like a different sport? Like he saw somebody playing... Tanya Williams. Tanya Williams. He recruited Tanya Williams from from watching her play field hockey. And he said she just kind of jumped over somebody. He was like, he was there to see, you know, like he was you know, kind of casually recruiting her, but um, he didn't even go to a track meet. He didn't go to track practice. He went to a field hockey and he saw her like, honestly, I don't even know what field hockey is. I, I think it's kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So that's an East Coast thing. She's from Virginia. We don't play a lot of field hockey in Ohio, but um, I don't know. She kind of jumped over somebody and he's like, oh man, she could be really good. And she was really, really, I mean, this girl probably came to Illinois running maybe a 65 or something in the foreign hurdle. She ended up running 54, one, one nationals, um, you know, was six at the Olympic trials in 96. And then if it weren't for the, you know, the people ahead of her, you know, she had like a bunch of Olympic medalists in front of her, you know, to not make that team. But yeah, that, that's the kind of eye he had. But I mean, he, he had that eye on me in high school, and I never planned to do the event. 
And he planned for me to do the event and was like, well, when the time comes, you know, we're going to get serious about it. And I, and I, you know, it was a very easy conversation because I realized that it wasn't a joke. Like I really didn't have a choice and I didn't want to go anywhere. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to do it. Well, it's cool to see that you kind of take that philosophy to the people that you coach now. Cause if I remember right, you know, Ashley Spencer was running the quarter pretty much exclusively, right? Like that was, that was her thing for the whole time at, Illinois for the most part right I tricked her into the quarter right she didn't she didn't want to do the quarter I tricked her into the quarter Mm -hmm. you know and so you know next thing you know she's world junior record holder and world junior champion and national champion and you know it was crazy because we were in Barcelona and she she won the race from 50.50 I remember dropped down on the track and said please don't make me run this again (laughs) I'm like what is wrong with you (laughs) You are a crazy person. But, you know, I mean, that's just kind of how she is, though. You know, now she wants to run 100 hurdles. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Tanja, how, how, did you, how did you give her the confidence and uh, the, the buy-in? How, how did that come about? How did she finally say, yeah, I'm in? You know, actually somebody that you have to just um, challenge her. Because I had this, like, really silly school record left. I mean, seriously, this thing was 30 years old. But it was in the 300. And I was like, well, I bet you can't break my record because that was the only record was left. So <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't be like, what you break all 10 of my record? One record. And it was a 300. And we didn't go, we didn't run 300s. So we had this all comers come up. You remember that coach? Yeah, I do. We had, yep. a all, we have a, we had an all comers. Um, I mean, not an all comer, uh, um, inner squad. Inter-squad. It was an inner squad meet. Yeah, too, on our two, she was a freshman. Inner squad, December, flat 200 meter track. Mm-hmm. And she destroyed that record. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, remember awesome. watching, I remember watching that because it was like, what's she doing? Like, what is you, know, she? you know, but I also remember watching. And she's after, almost six feet tall, too. Like, you know, those tight turns. Goodness gracious. But I remember, too, that she had like tripped and fallen a few times in high school in the 300 hurdles. So her times were reflective. And then oh, she had yeah. relay leg. Let me tell you this story. Yes. So her uncle and aunt they were literally bugging me to death about Ashley. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know, and I know her aunt uncle and, and they're really, really nice. Mm-hmm. But of course, the first thing I do is I, and I don't recruit off of times, but I, I am going to look up the mark. Right. And it was like 46 seconds or something like that in the 300 hurdles. And I'm like, come on y'all. And they're telling me she just really worships you. And she really just wants to be go to Illinois because of you and she heard about you in the eighth grade so it's not like she's a great athlete it's like she just wants to be around you and I'm like well that doesn't really get you a full scholarship right (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like um okay so then they 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 keep bugging me and keep bugging me I mean and I and I can say that because it really was they were just bugging me about this girl and so eventually so I'm saying stuff like I'm trying to be nice I said you know what get some 30 flies on her so I can kind of see you know what she can do because essentially i'm going to be like okay i'm just going to be able to have some data to say look she's just not that fast right so it never really ended up happening that they ended up getting these uh practice times to me ever so i remember very clearly being at an indoor national meet so it was march and um her aunt now her aunt is stephen smith the seven what seven nine High jumper? Seven, eight, seven, nine. Yeah, seven, yeah he was a seven nine, nine high mm-hmm. jumper. Yeah, this is her uncle, her mom's brother. It's her uncle. So um, 
he, he, uh, his, his, his wife, who is actually her high school coach, she sends me, uh, or she's like, hey, Ashley's really, I mean, it's coming down to, she's going to end up going to Louisville because her sister was going to Louisville at the time. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. But, you know, and, and she's like, well, I mean, we got to make a decision. She's gone on this visit. She's really going to choose Louisville this weekend if you're, if you're not going to take her. And I'm like, this girl's not good, right? And so, so, she'll, so she's like, well, I'm going to send you uh, the video. Uh, this, uh, did you watch the video? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I watched the video. It was a, yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, I hadn't watched the video. <laughs> so, so I'm like, hey, just send me the video again. Like, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm going to watch the video. So I watched this video, and she's at this Indiana High School state meet running the 300 hurdles. She, and and she's, she's warning me, like, I'm saying, yeah, I mean, she failed, but blah, 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 blah. And that's this 46-second time. So she doesn't tell me anything else about the video. She didn't even tell me she failed. She's like, it's not the greatest video. And I'm thinking maybe it's grainy. Maybe they're filming her feet. You know, I don't know. So I watched this video and she's coming around the turn. She's in the lead by a mile. She's got this long stride. She's tall and skinny. And I'm like, that's her? And I'm like, so now I'm sitting up in my bed like, what's going on here? And then boom, she crashes the hurdle. Not only just does she fall, she rolls outside of it so let's say she's in lane four she rolls all the way outside of lane eight so she's technically not even on the track anymore <laughs> she gets up and does not merge back into her lane because you got to know ashley spencer to know she goes directly a beeline to the spot where she fell and then takes off running and hawked every single person down and won mm -hmm. and that was the 46 seconds right and i'm like wait a minute, hold up, hold up, hold up. What did I just see? So, you know, of course, the first thing I do is a Gary Winkler. And I get all the times and I get the touchdown time between all the hurdles. So I average what the touchdown would have been had, you know, in between that section of when she fell, right? So I just end up getting the touchdown, plugging that one increment in. So let's say it's hurdle four to five. And I'm like, she just ran 41 seconds. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I'll, a running start because when you know you fall you got to get back up right so you know from then on i'm like hey we get back on sunday um i'll see y'all on monday <laughs> on campus <laughs> and i'm calling them like get some documentation together get the scholarship together yeah, yeah. and so now i'm playing it off like i'm not like all excited i'm like okay so you know you want to be in a line eye, huh you know, well, I mean, you're here. What you, what you, what you, what you gonna do? You know that kind of thing. But I'm thinking to myself, what? And then, of course, after I sign her is when she has the relay coach. Oh yeah, so it was, it was so, done. Which then. is lucky. Which is oh, lucky. Yeah. No, yeah. Sitting down that girl was around the bend. That girl was oh, around the bend God. when she took the stick, and she ran like a 51 second anchor to. There's to a couple of four by four high school videos that stand the test of time and one of them is that one yes like absolutely. you can find it it's like one of those things where that video is unlike any other you're going to see courtney ocolo has one just going to say that a, that's the a other cheat, one a cheat code video i think they even call it cheat code that's just stupid <laughs> so you know when so now when you see the video of um what's the kid from texas that did the four by four um he's at um georgia now. bowling bowling yeah yeah bowling. yeah 
there, there's, there's videos of of Ashley Spencer and and Courtney Colo just like that. Like yeah. it's, it's not even like are the other people even running? Yeah, that was. That, yeah, I, so it's, that. Yeah, that was. It's that, almost yeah. like they're they're running in place. So yeah, yeah so yeah. so even when I went to Illinois, it wasn't like that kind of um, powerhouse. I mean, to be honest, even the other, uh, I I remember a time maybe a couple years after. Um, my eligibility is up. Gary had a team that was like a really fantastic team, but I, I, I consider and compare the team that we had the last couple of years. Just, I mean, we, we, we can arguably say we probably had one of the best teams Illinois has ever had on the women's oh, side. Oh, for sure. When it came to the, yeah. speed, when it came, the jumps, that was it. They were, they were as good as anybody for sure. I, 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 I would tell the kids at, at Texas all the time, you know, even uh, when the multis, I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry, y'all, but um, our our multi our, our multi ran on the four by four, That's popped right. off the four by at nationals. Mm-hmm. Hey, our shot putter popped off the four by one. So I mean, I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, That's I'm sorry what... that I'm sorry that you're restricted to just these these um this multi event, but um yep. we yeah, had a whole we had something right different going on. Thing. <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah, we had the shop where it was a big time All American, and she also ran a uh, leg on our, our four by one, and they're like at nationals, you? not yeah. like at a all comers meet or mm-hmm. Illinois versus Purdue at the in in the NCAA final. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> well now she's a bobsledder. Now yeah. she's a bobsledder. Yeah, that girl's pretty. She's powerful as heck. So when did you get? When did you know that like you were? World class, right? Because that was pretty. That was pretty quick. You hadn't run. You weren't going to run a four hundred hurdles, and then all of a sudden, here you are on Olympic team in ninety two. You know what I mean? Like how how quickly did that kind of all of a sudden become a thing? My actual my first actual like world class race, which yeah. is funny, was the four by one. Oh, believe it or not, because you guys remember the um, Olympic festival mm-hmm. where that was the early 90s so they had this thing called olympic festival and all the four regions would get together and compete and your region was um where you went to high school so my region was the midwest and so they were looking for four by one runners and because at the time at illinois we came second behind lsu's national championship team in the four by one and i ran i ran second leg so they were looking for a second leg so I'm getting the baton from Jackie Joyner Kersey. Wow. Passing the baton to myself Malone from Indiana. <laughs> and then anchoring was Esther Jones. Remember Esther Jones from yeah. LSU? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was my first, like really, it wasn't in it wasn't in the hurdles at all. It was running yeah. on a four by one. Right. So that's when I just started saying, like, I don't know, maybe I'm a little different, you know, in terms of um just having these opportunities. Right. Yeah. And so, and that was the end of my freshman year. So when we transition into sophomore year and Gary's like, you're running these 400 hurdles um, is when I just said, okay, well, I might as well figure this thing out. And it took like a half the year because um, I was, I just was trying so hard to do what he was asking me to do and it wasn't working. And every time that I got in the race and wanted to make a move, I would go back to my bad habits every single time. And I wouldn't, I would do it well at practice, but then when I get in the meet, I go back to a bad habit and it would be, um, you know, just with my arms or, you know, I used to even just, you know, cause I didn't even know how to alternate when I went to college. Mm-hmm. I never, I didn't know how to alternate. He taught me to alternate. So of course you're scared. Things are uncomfortable. And I would run up to the hurdle. I remember one time running up to the hurdle and stopping, you know, you just stop and push the hurdle down. 
And he was like, take your ass home, get out of here. And I just remember walking up that hill, just feeling so dejected, mm-hmm. walking back to my dorm going, man, this is the worst thing ever. And I don't so know if you can get away with that now. No, my God. Oh, no. I don't know if you can get away with that stuff now. Not only that, but some of the things, and, and Gary's a very nice guy, but some of the video, I, he, he'd make me come to his office and watch video. And I'd be sitting there watching the video and the things that he was saying in the camera. I'm like, <laughs> can, can you mute it? I mean, can you turn it down? you know like and i'm just like i can't even concentrate on what you asked me to do from you cussing me out on this camera you up in the stands by yourself giving me the business while i'm running this race but no you couldn't do any of that kind of stuff that's great that's great yeah but so yeah so um so we got to the point where he just started putting the camera on mute when he would film me (laughs) but so there's one particular race i was racing rosie Edie. Her daughter actually uh, ran for Maryland here recently, but um, she's a Canadian girl. We were running up at UTEP. And um, I just said to myself before this race, I said, I am going to keep, like Gary just says over and over by my arms, my arms. I said, I don't care what happens. I don't care if I fall. I'm just going to make my arms long. Because he used to say, run goofy. Like, like if, if you need to feel like you're running so over-exaggerated that you feel goofy. And he says, it's not going to look like that, but you should think that you're looking like that. And I'm like, okay. So I just told myself before this, I said, I'm just going to, nothing matters. I don't care if I even fall. I'm just going to do it because I'm tired of hearing him get on me about this. So I come around the turn and I'm just like, okay, time to open your arms up. And I just open my arms up and I just turn like a 57 flat or something like that. And the crazy thing is, the reason, I'll tell you why I didn't want to run 400 hurdles anymore when I went to college. When I was 14, I ran some really stupid, and this is in the 80s, <laughs> mid 80s, yeah. low, early 80s. I ran like 60 flat in the 400 hurdles. Really? At, yeah, yeah. So um, I was like battling with having that mark that I couldn't break. And I'm like 17, 18, 19, 20, like, I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I'm t- oh, the meeting's off. Good. Hope they didn't say bye. <laughs> so, so I'm like, 20, I'm 20. Why can't, I, like, I was, I was really trapped in, I was imprisoned mm. by that mark. And it was like a national time. And it was a big deal at the time when I did it, because I had almost ran 59 seconds and I was barely 40, because I'm, I'm at the top of the age group. Mm. So when I'm 14, when I'm 13, I got to run with. So I was probably, 14 running in 15, 16. And, um, and I started to just ran this ridiculously fast 400 hurdle time. And um, I just felt like I was, I didn't even want to try to do it because I just didn't think at that point I could do it anymore. I just didn't think, I, I was like, I'm just not that good anymore in that event. I can do everything else. I just can't do that event fast anymore. And I don't know why. And then I went to uh, the USA meet as a junior, didn't make the team, got third. And I was in that event. I was just like, and I, I got fourth in the hundred hurdles, but I was way more happy. Like, oh, I almost made the team in the hundred hurdles. And not the fact, that, you know, that I, I just was embarrassed. I didn't, I just didn't even like that event at all. Hmm. And it was, I think it was really because I was just trapped and imprisoned by that mark that I couldn't beat myself. Sure. And every single time that I ran it, I just felt so horrible about myself. And so I just didn't want to do it anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was the one, and I went from that, I was running 62s and 63s in college, and to that one race, I just ran like a 57. And it was so easy. And I was like, that's all I had to do? He's like, I, I've been telling you that for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so then I went to USA's that year and made, I don't think I made the final, but I was close to it and, you know, got into the national final and then made those teams like World University Games. I think I got a medal at the World University Games and stuff in the 400 hurdles. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to really get serious about this. And, and now it made sense to me. And then I actually just started watching a lot of it, like VHS. I would just watch video. I watched Sandra Farmer Patrick, Sally Gunnell, uh, Marina Stepanova, um, Tatiana, I can't remember what her, just all these European girls. Because there wasn't a lot of really good American 400 hurdlers. So I watched all these Europeans. Gary had all these videos. And I would just watch them and watch them and watch them and watch them like crazy. Until I knew everybody's stride pattern. Oh, she's going to alternate right there. Oh, she's going to do this there. Oh, she's going to be to the first hurdle. So I just knew, I knew the race from watching other people run the race. Mm-hmm. So then the race just made sense to me, you know. And then that's when I said, okay, now I need to lose the weight. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the difference maker. Because uh-huh. I was doing all of this as a big girl. Right. Like, I mean, my freshman year, I was probably 165. Is that something that Gary brought? Is that something that Gary brought to you? Like, did he bring it to you sensitively or did he just lay it out there like everything else? In the the early 90s? See, now all those, I I won't repeat the things that you've said to girls before, but like, uh, you know, now I know where all that comes from. You know what I mean? Like, because I've heard that in, in, in pretty, in no uncertain terms. What it's going to take. My club, call, my club coach used to call me Tunja. <laughs> as a nickname. <laughs> as a nickname. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, you, yeah. So, so, so again, you don't, you're not, that's not going to hurt your feelings because they're not lying to you. Unless you, unless you think that somebody is intentionally. And, and I, try to, I, t- I try to tell that to the athletes I coach now. Unless you really feel like I'm saying this to harm you. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up in the morning and I want to crush someone's spirit. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to talk to them about their weight. That's going to really like that. And then I'm going to feel so great by the end of the day because I just, you know, messed the girl's spirit up. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you think I'm trying to do that to you. Why would you think that I'm talking to you about this beat to harm you? And I feel like that I am the best person to have that discussion because that is the thing that changed my life in terms of where, okay, so, okay, yeah, I, I won conference championships. Uh, yeah, I um, uh, made it to nationals. I was the only freshman that made nationals in um, 1990 in Durham, North Carolina in the 100 hurdles. I was the only one. But I didn't make the final. I, mean, I, made, the, I made the national meet, but I didn't. I mean, I wasn't happy about that. So could I make team, I mean, could I make nationals? Yeah. Could I go and be a has run? Sure. And I could have done that for four years. Mm-hmm. But those couple of experiences, the, the Olympic Festival, the World Student Games, the, I actually ran Pan Am Games my junior year in the 400 hurdles, got a bronze, silver medal out of lane one. And so just being able to travel and have those experiences, my first time ever flying was on my recruiting trip to Michigan State. I'd never been in a plane before. So I didn't come from that kind of childhood where we just, you know, get on planes and fly. VJ was flying to Australia, Sydney, Australia, when he was two. Mm 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> in that little bunker thing that he slept in for 17 hours straight. <laughs> so, you know, so I, in my, my childhood was different. So I'm like, you know, these were, oh, I can have these kind of experiences just with this track thing, you know? Yeah. And so Gary, Gary told me over and over and over and over again. And it, he would say stuff like, you know, they'd be doing these fun looking drills. And I'd be like, oh, yay, we get to jump off the boxes. Not you. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> because cause I, you're going to hurt yourself with that extra weight. I don't want you jumping off those boxes. What? <laughs> you know, so it was always, it was always talked about. It was, there was never a shyness about it. There was never a, hey, you can be good or you can be great. Hey, it's up to you. You know, because one thing you can't do is you can't be around your athletes all day when they're, when it's, when they decide to eat, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I just think the food is even different now. I just think they make the food with different kind of steroids now and different kind of, um, you know, me and my little, me and my younger sister, she's a year younger than me. We couldn't finish a happy meal together if we wanted to, when we were young. Yeah. I mean, you, you just could you didn't eat like that. <laughs> you know, we were split. We split the burger, split the fries, split the drink, and they weren't the size they are now. I mean, these kids, and they're like, "Can I get the Whopper size with the extra?" And they're like ten. Like, how do you, how do you eat that way? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but that it's just a different, you know, culture and environment. But um, but yeah. So I in one my the, the beginning of my junior year. Not the season, but the beginning of fall training, I lost like 25 pounds. That'll do it. So by the time I got to the NCAA meet, because, you know, in the, sometimes in the Big Ten, especially Illinois, people don't, around the country don't really see you, and there was no internet, so that your times weren't popping up as soon as you ran. Like, you got track and field news a month later after you had already ran the meet. You know, by the time you got to nationals, you were getting the the um the version of track and field news from like pin relays. <laughs> so, so nobody really knew what anyone else was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like running, winning five, six events at the big 10 meet, but nobody really knows or cares. Right. Um, so then when I, I remember showing up at nationals, which actually happened to be in Austin, Texas, the university of Texas that year. And everybody that I had known in the sport was like, Oh my God, what happened? You just melted away. But of course, this was over a very long period of time. It wasn't, you know, something, a crash diet or anything like that. I really just changed my eating habits. I didn't have a nutritionist. They didn't, we didn't have nutritionists back then. Like I went to, I went to the library and like looked up, you know, something and, you know, took my little note to the librarian and said, can you go back into the archives and get this book for me? And, you know, (laughs) I actually went to the library and got a book and I just read it. And it was just talking about, you know, eat, and as I just ate the same thing every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. and no snacks, no treats, no nothing like that. I didn't feel like I deserved a cheat day. So, um, you know, so I was just doing, you want to eat? Oh yeah. Um, so that was kind of what I was doing back then. And it just, it just all came out. It all came off and I didn't even, you know, it wasn't hard, you know, because I was like, I really want to do well in this event. Once I decided that that's what I wanted to do, so you get a little taste of it, and then all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, everybody talks about that after they come back from that first national championship experience, where it just changes your whole mindset of what you want to do, and you get in front of a bigger crowd, and you're competing with that level of people, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it does a click, and, and it makes sense. So, but you know what, the the other women too did not look like me. I mean, I was smart enough to see like they don't look like I look. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go when you're running against Europeans. And they've been 
very focused on the sport almost their whole lives and they have elite coaches and they have special like I knew that what I was doing wasn't what they were doing. So I knew I needed to do something different. And again, my coach had been telling me over and over again to do it. And, and the difference that it was going to make. Speaking of coaching that, I mean, uh, you, you had that, you know, what about a 10 ish year professional career or like, I mean, at least an international career for, for 10 years was coaching always the, end goal because if I remember right that wasn't the initial profession that you got into after you were done running right like no I I volunteered um and I did uh I was kind of a mentor more volunteer not from not really coaching it was more mentoring and um I was pretty good at that and um and as a volunteer you couldn't really recruit so I, I didn't have any recruiting experience but I was always around the girls and stuff and that was good but I was a teacher and I I was I'm a certified elementary teacher so that was always my dream. That was what I wanted to do. And um, even when I was done running, I uh, taught fourth grade for a few years. And it was really fun. Um, but then I, w- I was pregnant with Victoria and realized that uh, I, you know, in the middle of hot Texas, eight, nine months pregnant, I was like, I'm not going back to this classroom again. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just kind of stuffy for me. You know, I just said, I don't have that kind of personality to sit in one space for eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my class was the one always walking around the building. We're getting our exercise. Yeah, we always. And it, actually, I had this uh, cool uh, co-teacher that worked in my um, grade level. And he was an athletic guy, older guy, but he was really athletic. And so he always, want, we, we happened to have the athletic classes and so we all, it was three of us teachers and, um, we all, our, my class always, our classes always came up with challenges against each other. So we'd have races or we'd have, you know, science experiments. And we were always like challenging each other and having, you know, races or events that we were always doing. So it, that made it a little bit fun, but, um, that would get us out of the classroom but at the same time I was kind of like I don't know and then I just really one day I just got a call from Gary and it was in the summertime Vicky was a baby she was probably two or three months old and he was like hey I'm looking for a coach would you be interested and I'm like you know my my question to him was you know I got little kids right Mm. like and I know you know this but like you do know that right (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, and you know me, I like to be around my kids. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so pretty much it was like, and he, you know, hey, them, them jokers went everywhere. They went everywhere with us. I remember one time going into Iowa State, you know, the big indoor track. Mm-hmm. And um, it was freezing cold. And Victoria, one of the athletes, and it happened to be one of the guys on the boys' team, and we weren't a combined team, but one of the boys was, like, um, carrying her in on his shoulders or something. And it was so funny because one of these, another kid from a different team looked over and was like, damn, coach, why don't we have a team baby? (laughs) (laughs) No, they were great, man. I love watching. It's, It's crazy to think where they are now. Looking at VJ, you keep posting these pictures of VJ, and I always said when he was ten, and I knew him, and you know, as not probably eight, and yeah. he would just, we would just beat the shit out of him every chance <laughs> he got. 
Because I was like, I know, what you're gonna, I know what you're turning into, and I better – I got to get it now. <laughs> you better get him now. <laughs> now you look at him, and it's like, nope, we're not playing those games nope. anymore. Nope, he's a big – he's big. He's big. Right. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he's a round, big dude. Though. Always round, though. Remember, remember when Victoria was doing those pull-ups, and you was like, she's oh probably my the God. strongest was, person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So I got to – I should just tell for the for the for anybody listening in the in the panel here, we were at Mississippi State, and this – what was she, probably six at the time, maybe? I don't it's know. that. Saw us, we were in the indoor warming up, and she saw a pull-up bar and wanted to hop on that pull-up bar. And I'll never forget, she was six, and I lifted her up there, and I was thought I needed a spot her. So I'm, like, just kind of holding her behind her, like, shoulders. And it was, like, a grown man muscle, like, <laughs> lats and back. I was, like, this is a six-year-old little girl. And she ripped out, like, six pull-ups, no big deal, like, nothing. I mean, just all. I used to, I used to always tell people, I, we used to think she was even more athletic than VJ yeah. when, they were, when they were young. I was, like, when she was his age, he wasn't moving like that when he was her age. No. Oh. You know, well, she could. She and now, when you see her jumping with volleyball, she can get up, man. I listen. I she I, can go. I recruit her all day long. Do something. She, to figure it out. She can go. We lost two years, but we gonna we're gonna get it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gonna figure it out. But yeah, and remember when BJ he learned how to ride that bike at, at Drake. Yep. In the indoor. Yep. <laughs> so we we put the I put the bike underneath the bus. Mm-hmm. And we drove to Des Moines with that yep. bike. And because he had just learned to ride, so I'm like, "Hey, practice makes perfect." That's it. That's and we, it. and you're gonna be in this indoor track for hours, so yes, yes. <laughs> he's just steaming around on that bike as a little dude. No, he was, but so how's the? I was gonna. I want to. I'll transition it over to Tom here a little bit. Yeah, and, Coach. I have uh, just kind of a couple questions for you. I mean, you've obviously, been successful at pretty much every level you've been at. You know, um, so like one of the things I want to ask is like what got you interested in making this club and could you tell us a little bit about it yeah so um when I left Texas um I had the three at first I did not know what they were going to do right they're Texas alum um it's a lot it would I don't, I'm not going to say it would have been easy for them to stay because their coach wasn't there but at the same time I didn't have anything I didn't have a stopwatch so I'm like and it was um we were training for USA's so we're the middle of June, right after NCAA. There's usually a, what, a, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks before U.S. championships, and we got nothing. So um, D2 said, hey, there's this track up north. You can come and train here because they, they kicked us off a of UT strap. We couldn't use that track anymore. So um, we come down here. We, you know, we train through that. And then the next year, I'm like, hey, I like this spot. It's not far from my house. We'll just come back here for the next season, which was the 2019 season. And um, a few people were contacting me saying, hey, you know, are you taking any more athletes now? Because I think in the beginning, people just thought I was going to pick one of the, you know, college team and go for it. But I was kind of thinking to myself, nah, I just want to just, I want to stay, get away from it for just a little while, you know? So I wasn't planning on going into, right into a collegiate program. I kind of knew that. So, um, uh, starting the next year. Oh, I, so I was turning people away because I'm like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm doing yet in terms of this on my own thing, right? Like, I got to figure this out. I got to go buy me some hurdles, some blocks, some stopwatches, some cones, some tape, everything that you take for granted that you always have when you're a college coach, a mm -hmm. measuring tape, you know, all this stuff that you don't even realize yeah, you stuff. have or don't have until you don't have it. 
So I'm like, I don't really want to be taking on anybody and, and especially because they're all pros, no matter what level they are, they have a high expectation, you know, and I don't want to do that and it not go well, especially when I don't know what I'm doing right now. Right. So those three were like, we, what you coach, we down for you, whatever you do, we here for you. So I so I'm like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing with them and they know that we're all winging it. So no one's going to complain. Right. Right. <laughs> we all know that we don't know what we're doing, so we're not going to complain. So I know they won't be complaining about um, if things aren't going as smoothly as we're used to. Right. right. Especially why when you're, you when you've been at or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have a trainer out here. Things that they're used to, especially when you're in a program like Texas, where everything is there for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I did not want to bring on anybody that was kind of like, why aren't you organized? Or why aren't you this? Or why aren't you that? Whereas it's different to somebody like Lance's group or these other groups, Dennis Mitchell, they've been pro coaches for years. They've already been through all the bumps and bruises and things. So I just didn't want to bring anybody else. And I'm like, let's, let's get through this next year with these three. And it's a world championship year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a down year to play around with, you know? <laughs> so um, made it through that year. All three of them made the team. And then that's when I started deciding um, that I was going to. The main thing was looking for training partners for them. Mm-hmm. That's where it started out. I wanted to find somebody who could match up with Morlakay as a short sprinter, someone that could match up with Ashley as a hurdler, and someone who could match up with Courtney as a quarter miler. Mm-hmm. Still haven't really found that because you know Courtney's a, she's a, she's a different yeah, character. She's on her own. She she can she's the energizer bunny. Um, so, but even then, just people around them and um, and um, that could help in training. So um, I ended up having three young ladies that I brought on, ended up adding a fourth. Kendall Bazden is back with me. Um, and so there's eight total right now. And those eight have a long list of accomplishments. I mean, uh, I did the math earlier today, and there's 58 All-Americans, 14 NCAA champs, I mean, gold medalists, Probably. bronze medalists, yeah. world yeah. medalists. Like, yeah. it's an insane list. You got Olympians. People, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the list is wild. We'll have to put it up on some kind of social media site so that people can understand just how crazy the group that you're training is. And, you know, like, what an accomplished group of young women. Like, it's incredible. Thank you. They're impressive. And the great thing about it is, is they all work hard. But I don't. I've never had a group, like even when we were at Illinois, every, when they came, when people came to practice, they worked hard. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't that, you know, rare person that just didn't try, you know? Um, I actually saw that more at Texas than I saw at Illinois. Hmm. Because, you know, you have this different elite group that are like, they're, you know, they're the best, you know, everybody's kind of the best at their high school, but like, they're like, one of the best in the nation and they've never really had to work that hard for their gift or never really had to work that hard for their success. And now it's kind of like, you're asking me to do what, you know, and my training is hard. It's not easy. And once you do it, it, um, sometimes it's a short day, but it's, it's challenging enough where you have really worked hard by the end of it and you feel good about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's almost harder to cheat it really. 
And then, you know, and then like you see everybody else getting better and, and having accomplishments and you're not. It's like, well, I don't even understand why you would want to cheat. Morla K mentioned you yesterday, Tom. What'd she say? She said, uh, I saw Tom doing starting skill. Oh, yeah. I was like, yep. All the time. <laughs> My kids love it. And they chat, they chat, like I had a GA a couple years back, Dan Johnson. He's up at Hartford now. He used to jump in with them. And mm -hmm. a few years back, he came back and was challenging one of my better runners. He got toasted, but, you know. Did you see a video two. I put together last year? <laughs> well, it was during COVID, and we were just doing, like, um. <laughs> yes, yeah. I made that video, put a little LL behind it. We were just having fun with that. At that point, every day we were, like, we were kicked off the track. We were going in the grass, and we were like, okay, today, let's play kickball. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it was such a weird year last year. At the so end of the crazy. year, like, you guys, uh, I mean – Everybody was ramping up for the Olympics, and then what a random right. switch, you know? How'd you guys deal with that? Seriously, like, for like a day, I was like, I think I'm depressed. I don't know. And hey, then, um, is this what it feels like? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone ever experienced depression? Yeah. So, I, so then, like, the next day I went to practice, and I was like, I don't know, Courtney. I feel funny. I might be depressed. <laughs> and she was like... Yeah, this is really crazy. <laughs> but like the next day, we were, I mean, we just figured, we were talking about it since December. We were talking about it because, you know, there was the world indoors. Mm -hmm. So we were talking in December about, will they have this world indoor championships in China with this weird disease they got going on over there, right? right. And then as December progressed, we were like, well, even if they have it, do we want to go? Because those people got that stuff you know yeah it was a different time we, back in december it was a different in december yeah that wasn't our deal right and then it just started kind of creeping up on us and then it was like uh-oh and then um we kind of started talking about there might not be a season there might not be an olympics well no that was the first thing is will there be an olympics that was kind of the first thing we never thought no season or whatever it's kind of like will they have the olympics will, right. will we be able to go to Tokyo with all the other people coming from other parts of the world because even then remember it was in other parts of the world it was right. in France it was in it wasn't us yet yep and so um then that's when we realized like man it's like really over it's done and then it's like how do so Morla K asked me a question she said one day she came to practice and she was like coaches this was 1996 would you race hmm. and I was like Hmm. Um, I was like, I don't know. I never thought about it. And then I was, cause she was trying to decide. I mean, I think her agent was saying there's no need to, I don't think it could help you. You could probably only make things worse. Cause no, and the thing about it is everybody was quiet. The shoe companies were quiet. The, um, agents were quiet. Nobody wanted to say anything. You know, COVID is one of those things that like, you know, people will use it if they have to, but you don't want to offend anybody with it, right? Mm -hmm. So the agents weren't saying anything, shoe companies, they still hadn't canceled meets. There were still meets in China that were still scheduled. Doha, all these places all around the world that they hadn't, Diamond Leagues were getting postponed but not canceled. And we, this right. is when we were deep into it. World Athletics hadn't canceled. And we're still, now we're in May, now we're in June and nothing is happening. So everybody is like, we're just trying to continue to train. Now, college's been shut down, right? right? We're trying to train, 
and all facilities. I can't tell you how many facilities we were on and kicked off. Hmm. And then, and then one time, like the whole police squad that came out, you know, it's just like, we're out there, you know, we started trying to go like, okay, let's go four and four. Cause then they had this thing about no more than 10 people, but okay, let's go four and four. And, and then you're like, hoping that you're on the track and people see you and don't call the police. Right. You know, it's like, they're, I'm riding, they're riding by and it's like, oh, there's three people standing together. Call 911. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what we're doing. And so we went to this one place and like, there were like sirens from the top of the hill and we were on another track, wasn't our track. We got kicked off. We were at, we were at the parks. So we got kicked off there. And uh, Courtney was riding by and said, oh, I saw this place. It's really open down where I live. So we ended up going there. That was like the fourth place that we had gone to. And um, sirens. Like, what's going on? And they're like, y'all can't be out here. And we're like, okay, well, we're, we're staying six feet apart. And there's less than 10 of us. And half of us live together. Okay? Rochelle was still living with me. Um, we had other people, two other people were roommates. Um, Cheyenne and Kendall were roommates. You know, we had all these people and we're like half of us room together or live together. And, you know, we're around each other. And then we had on mask and they were, they were just like, look, you guys are going to go to jail if you don't leave. What? So we're like, (laughs) okay. So then we ended up just going to like this gravel and and, and it, it was like, every day was like that. Mm. every day was like that and then I, go ahead I, i've seen you guys doing some fun stuff too i mean i saw you guys all rode bikes one day you know we like, were going to ride bikes yep we were like okay we would go downtown which is great ladyburg lake and we would ride bikes um uh every monday we started doing that every monday we would rent bikes and then most of the girls just went and bought bikes because they knew every monday we were going to ride bikes so we did that because um, at this point we're like now we just want to try to exercise and stay motivated but not get in any trouble but not totally shut down right right so um that was kind of the idea because it was easy for them not to be motivated because the olympics was over at this point so hold on one second oh yeah um, so at this point, that was right now, I, I was just trying to keep people motivated mm-hmm. to come out to the, not even to the track, but to do training every day. And right. then we would, so the grass that you saw us doing the starting skill thing is that was actually our track, but the park side of it, but that park was also closed. By the time we were doing that is when they actually just opened up the park side of it. So we could get on the grass, right. but the, tr- the track remained closed forever. Hmm they just would not open the track hmm. forever. So then, then, that, then we got, ended up on this other track and that's when BJ was here with us. So he was training with us every day because they weren't in school this summer. And he was, we were at the track and um, one time the superintendent of Round Rock schools showed up and he was like, we saw this lady out one day, like filming us. First she was kind of talking and like, wow, you guys are amazing. I've never seen anyone. Wow. What do you guys do? Oh, that's so fantastic. Olympics. Oh my God. You guys are awesome. And she called up, she called the superintendent on us. <laughs> she called the superintendent that's... on us. And so he came out the next day and was like, you guys got to go. We're like, oh, I guess we aren't that cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So that, that was kind of like, but again, our struggle is not even as tough as some other people struggle with. Like I heard what was going on in LA and it was like, 
unbelievable. Like there, it was just impossible to train, you know? And then you have other areas like Atlanta and Florida where, you know, it was, it was, a, you it's could just wild do whatever you wanted. Yeah. It's the wild, wild west. It was absolutely. And then we got to the point where we were then pressured to compete. Mm. Now we got a, now that, we got a race. Did you What's guys that feel like? Off? Say it again. Did you guys end up competing at all? Cause I know yeah. that there, like, and where did that pressure come from? It was, it was, um, not where someone came out and said, you need to do this Mm -hmm. because no one wanted to do that, but it was said right? and it was done. And you saw all of the athletes were doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, there were a couple meets in Texas, I think, in Florida. Jogging, jogging. Yeah, Everyone's like and they're running. all running like five races and jogging half of them. And, right. Yeah. So what ended up happening was um, there, there was always, ever since COVID hit, this underground talk of contract reductions mm-hmm. because the shoe companies were struggling. Mm-hmm because it's COVID. They're, they're not selling shoes the way and, and, and gear and stuff like they normally do, right? So that's, that's understandable. And so um, there was this talk, but there was never, it, no one ever came out and like said it, but you kind of knew that this could happen, right? And so I don't know, again, no one ever said anything, but you kind of knew that it could happen. And so I guess the only way to try to protect yourself was to at least meet the meets on your contract. Mm-hmm. And most of them were like 10, 10 races. Now you're in COVID there. Even if you wanted to find 10 races, 10 legitimate races, you couldn't, they didn't exist. So, um, which one? Hold on guys. Um, that one. So, um, there was this meet in Fort Worth and um, they had five, two meets with five races each. Each race was a meet. So by the time you did each race, you ran 10 meets. Hmm. So the results said Nike, 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 Nike. So it's like, oh, might need to race <laughs> because, because Morlika had decided she wasn't running anymore. I mean, she had decided like her, she, she wasn't going to compete because there wasn't that urgency to compete. And then we noticed that people were competing. Right. So we were like, I think we need to compete. <laughs> so we ended up going up to Atlanta and then they changed that meet around where they had the same kind of structure. It was about five or six races. I mean, when I tell you guys, they were running like, the 20 meter dash, the 30 meter dash, the 50 dash, the 120, the 180, the 220. And I'm just like, is this what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, man, I, I really wish that we didn't have to do that. I wish our sport didn't have to end up doing that, but we did. Well, at least you knew what the distances were and weren't running 185s thinking they were 200s and that you just set some kind of world record, you know? 
at that by that point, I was over it. Yeah, like you know, by the time I I started hearing stuff like that, I was like, oh, I don't know, what are we doing? Mm-mm. You know, I, it was just like, and then and then you know, you look, and then you know, the, the Europeans are having races, and the Europeans are running well, you know, but the Europeans figured the whole COVID thing out pretty quickly. Right, they got it under control. And then they were able to, I mean, they didn't have people in the stands or anything like that. They were running every other rate, uh, every other um, lane, which is the same thing that we were doing at the meets that I went to, because we went to Prairie View. Prairie View had a meet sponsored by USA Track and Field. They had a few meets, three or four meets. Um, Paul Doyle out in Atlanta had, a, uh, you know, he had four or five meets. There was some meets in Florida. We never ended up going to Florida. And um, so those were, made, were most of me. And you know, Drake ended up having a meet. Yeah. In the morning, mm-hmm. but other than that, I mean, that was pretty much it. You know, that was the season. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are back. Uh, are you guys training full time now? As if it were you guys like in your off season. We are because I personally believe that there is going to be a world indoors. Yeah. In China. Wow. Apparently, there's no cases in China right now. They're they got to figure it out over there too. Our concern should be whether or not they're going to let us in right yeah it's going to get to the point where it's like the whole world's got this under control mm, y'all are going to have to stay home because we're not letting you it used to be we weren't letting everybody else in right now it's they're not going to let us in yeah. we better be and now look i mean i don't know if y'all were paying attention but they had some really good competitions that happened in europe europe without us mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean it was and not only that some people who Previously wouldn't have had chances to get a lane that now, you know, some some Swiss girl that no one would have ever heard of now just was able to break out and make a name for herself. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, we better hope that they let us in their races. Hmm. We better hope that they let us in their meets Yeah. at this point. Because, you know, I'm sure they don't want us bringing our mess to China <laughs> after they done cleaned it up. <laughs> yeah, it turned around a little bit. That's for sure. Yeah. And and so then it, there would be very strict guidelines, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, some of the um, I saw a lot of athletes, not a lot, but there was a there was a number of athletes um, that went to Europe. I think Zurich might have had a race where I saw some people, Monaco, mm-hmm. some American athletes were there, you know. Um, so they figured that out. I, I saw um, uh, Holloway, Grant Holloway ran some races. There was a lot of Adidas athletes. Hmm. And they were running well, and they went over to Europe and um, race well, considering, sure. you know, considering oh, that, you know, we were, yeah. you know, trying to find spots to train on. They did well, you know. So, sure. Yeah, so I just decided this year, since I had the group, um, you know, just, I've always wanted a track club. But, because um, I grew up in, like, a really good, advanced track club that was, like, popular in Ohio, and we traveled all over the country and people knew who we were and um i I always wanted a track club i wanted it with like little kids because you know i I like i like little kids even from teaching and stuff and so i'm like okay i'm not ready to do that but um i thought it would be cool to you know have a club and have the young ladies be a part of something and um we're sponsored by usat or we're uh, um a derivative of USATF, which is good. And um, so, you know, it's cool. Tom made our logo. 
appreciate it. Which, Shout out. by the way, we love. Do you have your shirt yet? No, not yet. I'm hoping I get it before I get out of here. I actually told when I um, went to mail out to LA, I said, when is this going to get there? Because he's moving. <laughs> got to make sure. So yeah, I thought it would be today. Zach got his today, but he's here in Texas. So I'm embarrassed to say I haven't ordered mine yet, but you'll see my order coming in here pretty soon to pick up a CVBTC track shirt. Shame on you. Support the pod. <laughs> I know. I don't want to miss out on the first, uh, the first run here. That'd be a be a shame so so what's the future look like i mean what's the what's you know where, where's the club going i mean is it going to stay at eight are you gonna you know is it going to stay with a just a small group or is there any expansion is there any you know what's what do you want to do with it well i wanted to get through the olympic year which now is 2021 so i also again did not add anyone new because with this group we were really moving along really well up until about March, the end of March. Mm-hmm. And then we never, and then we fell off in terms of um, not being able to stick to our normal path. So I didn't get a chance to see what we were capable, what we were capable of doing, right. you know? And so I just wanted to get through 2021 and then eventually maybe add some more people on and maybe even add a coach. Mm, interesting. Cause then I can, we can add more people when we add another coach. Right. Because right. it still isn't, I don't like to not be able to specialize and, and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, at eight people, you can, that's, that's probably about the number that you want. That's about the number where you, it, it's going to now be, get, get too much. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then they're at a level where you can't make mistakes. Right. It's not like, Oh, everybody just go run and do this. You know, you, you have to, we, it has to be right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. Well, so you said we got about 10 more minutes. Yeah. give. T- I'll tell you what, if, if I might, could you take us through? Cause I, I kind of like the, the way this ended, but like, uh, that race, uh, where you ran, what was it? 52, 62, right. With, uh, mm-hmm. was it Kim Batten was mm-hmm. there. And so for those that don't know, you both broke the world record in that race. Right. And you were right. just a few hundredths too late. One, 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 one. I'm sorry. One, one. Too late to break that world record. Right. But now, I, I want to hear the post-race story because if you find that video of the interview afterwards, yeah. it's my favorite part. <laughs> but, like, if you could just maybe talk about that race for a second and then that, that interview was phenomenal. I mean, I, if you know you and you know what the, like, the subtext of that. You're like, was, she's pissed. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Well, so before the race, so just going into the race, and this is why it's very important um, for athletes, you can't, you don't win by accident. Like you're, you can't win if you don't already think you can win. Mm. Right. Like you should, you have to be surprised. Most athletes aren't disappointed that they lose. They're shocked. Like I never imagined that I was going to lose that. Right. That's how you have to, if you're doubting yourself along the way and you're like, Oh man, she's kind of good. I mean, I beat her once. Maybe I can be like, no, it was not that. This was me underneath the stadium looking around going, oh, I got this. Oh, no, I, this is, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. not even like the day before looking at the heat sheets. Like finally, like right when you're under the stadium and they're getting ready to walk you out. Right. And I'm looking around like, oh, yeah, this is, this is me. I'm about to win this thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> so then I remember coming down the finish. Yeah. And... Um, 
I remember like, I could not shake her off of me. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm moving and I'm moving well. And I know I'm moving well. And I'm hurtling well and everything is going well. I didn't know it was going that fast, but I'm like, I'm not shaking her. Like she is unshakable for some reason. And then I know, remember coming off the last hurdle and now we're just like, I just thought I was fighting the air. <laughs> just, and then we lean and I knew right away that she had outleaned me. Even in a hundredth of a second, I knew that I had lost. I knew it. No question about it. I knew it. And so then a um, couple seconds later is when it's, you start to get oriented and like, okay, wait a minute, something just happened here. And so she comes running over to me and she's like, look, like, whoa. And I'm just like, what's going on? And then that's when I realized the clock and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, this is, I can say that, right? Yeah. I'm like, holy smokes. What? I mean, this is, <laughs> what? You know? And so we're just kind of like, whoa, we're both kind of like in shock, right? My PR before that race was 53.6. Wow. Turning a second faster. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, and I think hers was the same thing, 53.5 or something like that, you know? So, and, then, and again, Kim and I were friends before the race. Right. We we're always friends. Um, and that actually made us a lot closer because we shared, you know, a, a really good experience together. But uh, so she, she grabbed me and she did, we did the victory lap together and it was really fantastic. Um, and then it started to settle in like, I lost, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, we did the whole victory lap. And when it took forever and everybody was standing up clapping, like I'd never seen even that happened for anyone else. And I, you know, I've been on teams with like Carl Lewis and all these fantastic performances. And like, but every, I've never seen every single person in the stands standing up and just clapping. It wasn't even like, it was just like, that was nice. You know, <laughs> in, in like a European kind very, of way. Very right? much, yes. Yeah, so. yeah, that was, I, that w- we enjoyed that. Approved. You know? <laughs> Right. So, so then when it was over and then we ended up going and then I'm like really disgusted that I lost. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then I, and so, uh, Kim started then talking about this dream that she had and she had this dream and in the dream she had broken the worker. And in my mind, I'm going, bullshit, no, you didn't have that dream. <laughs> she just didn't have that dream. Right. And I had this dream and then I called my coach and told him that I had this dream. And so I was just mad. The whole dream thing was just making me more and more angry. Mm-hmm. Right. So of course the first thing they go, well, you know, Tondra, how'd you feel? I said, well, I didn't have the same dream. <laughs> told, you know, that was the only thing I could think of. Was that, was a <laughs> that, was, that was so annoying. Right. But then, then it was fine. But I'm, but I'm going to tell you, I learned a really, really serious lesson. So after up until even that moment, I was disappointed that I lost. It wasn't that, oh, so it was funny because um, uh, I uh, I said, Gary, did you see the did you see the finish line picture? And he was like, No. And I said, I, I need to see the finish line picture. And he was like, Why? And I said, Just go get the finish line picture. So he's thinking that I want it as like a memento or something. And I'm like, No, I actually really have to see it because I'm not like I, I'm thinking we're going to be humiliated because they they could have gotten the time wrong. Right. Like, I was very, like, I don't know why, but for some reason I had this short amount of panic, like, maybe it wasn't actually as fast as, like, like they screwed it up somehow, right? You're like, wait, and then second slow? Yeah, like, I mean, I I was having trouble, difficulty believing that we had ran that fast, right? 
Um, and then I actually saw the Finish Links picture and I was like, yup, I mean, I guess we did. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, it really took me like, by the end of the day to like really sink it in that it is really what happened. But I'm gonna tell you, it's the days after that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, the, this is the biggest thing that athletes need to understand. I just think people in general. So the, up until that moment, I felt like I was a part of that event. Like, had it not been for me included, that that would not have been um, as exciting as it was. Mm -hmm. After that day, nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody nobody wanted to talk to the loser. Mm -hmm. Right? And then that's when I realized, I was like, there is a... You know, when you're a kid, they tell you all the time, it's not about winning and losing. Yes, it is. <laughs> and whoever said that is a liar. <laughs> or a loser. <laughs> or a loser. Or a loser. No, it's so true. Or a loser. So, I, you know, I really, really, um, you know, I tell people that. No, there is a difference in winning and losing. Huge. It doesn't matter how close you are. Even, even in one, 100th when it was the second fastest time in history. They you lost. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in Europe watching Kim on NBC. Mm-hmm. on on all these specials and all these interviews and I didn't not one interview and and it wasn't I was not even the kind of person that wanted interviews or liked interviews. you guys know me I was never like oh where's the you know but it, I, it just it just it just was it hit home to me that yeah. you're the loser you lost right so the next meet so we got invited to run on the four by one, four by four. And this is one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my career is that we got offered to run the four by four. So I was so angry about the loss. And I was like, I'm going to kill them at Zurich. That was the next meet. And it was only like four or five days away. All I could do, I said, I cannot wait. And then Marie Jose Perec was supposed to run in Gottenberg, but she didn't show up. She ran the quarter instead after all this talk about how she was going to break the world record and beat us and do all this. And then she didn't show up. But then she was on the ducket to run at Zurich. So I was like, I'm going to murder them in Zurich, right? So then when the USA team came and said, hey, do you and Kim want to run on the four by four? The same way that Dalila and Sydney ended up doing in Doha, right? Um, So I'm saying if Kim runs, I'll run. But if she don't run, I'm not running. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to have that 49 second quarter in my legs because I need to, I need to be ready for Zurich, right? Stupidest thing I've ever done. Should have ran. Pretty much just gave up a gold medal because I was just not smart enough to know that that was something I should have did. And then even when they asked us to run, the girls who were there for the quarter started acting crazy. They were our roommates. They were mad. There was fights starting to happen. I was like, look, this is this ain't, it's, it's not all that. Like, I don't, I don't, don't need all that. Forget it. I'll just go get ready for my next race. So should have done that, but I didn't. But, um, so even going into Zurich, um, they were doing, you know how they call you and they have these interviews and they have the media before the event. It was Kim and Marie Jose Perec. Mm. They didn't even talk to me. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm killing them. That's it. Y'all, y'all messed up now. And that's all I can think about. And so then that race, it was, I'm telling you, it was four or five days later, maybe. Um, I ran 52.90. And so I was the first woman to run 50, under 53 seconds more than once. And it was in that race. And I ended up, did end up beating it. But it was just all motivation and being mad and being pissed off and that kind of thing. 
But um, but yeah, there is a difference between winning and losing. Trust me. That's I tell people that all the time. I'm gonna, use that. I'm gonna steal that and use that. That's a that's a great, that's a great, it, great point. Yeah. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise, because it is a lie. Great. So we can we can we can um we can do a part two if you guys want, because there's ton, tons more stories. We gotta we didn't even talk about the Illinois stories. I know. This is we really <laughs> could go. We could easily do it. We we should I mean I'll say it. This is still public. I mean, part two is almost a must. I think we could really have oh, some for fun. for sure. Fun yeah, we could. Into. That was a kind of really Cliff Notes version. We could get into some, some good stories for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, cool. well, you guys were fun to work with. I'm, I tell you, um, I, always, I always tell people, even, even when they're looking for coaches to hire, I say, you know, get somebody that can do what you can't do. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> You know, if 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 there was some paperwork or something that I was gonna forget, you guys were always and Jeremy like, hey, did you get that done? I'm like, oh yeah, let me let me, let me grab that. You know, <laughs> so they were all you guys were always on me, making sure. I mean, you're only as good as a head coach as the people you work with. So I mean, Thank we you. were we were gonna be successful no matter what because we were always looking <clears throat> out for each other. That's, That's very true, and and we definitely. I will just. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. And that, that was a really unique uh, situation that way where we were able to get along the way we did. And, and it was crazy. It wasn't like we were all at each other's houses every... Like, people go so... They go over this big effort to say, we got to go hang out when we're not at the track or we got to, you know, have these dinners at the... No, it's just like when you work together, you enjoy the time you're there, you put in the work, you look out for each other, you have each other's back. You make the most of it. You don't get caught up in what someone's wearing and the outfit that they have on for the track meet and all the little stuff that doesn't really matter. Right. And just make sure that everybody is enjoying their job and getting their job done to the fullest yep. uh, of their ability. I never had to say, well, uh, Coach Herb, why, why were you late to practice? Or why were your athletes sitting there waiting on you? Or, like, ever. You just were there mm -hmm. because you knew you needed to be there and you needed to be there on time and you needed to work hard and you would no one had to tell you or any ever and it was the same with jeremy and it was the same for tom and it was just it was the same for zach it just never had to do those kind of things because you guys were always on top of it so when people always ask me I'm like put them resumes away stop looking at the resumes well i appreciate you saying that and i'll and i'll just and tom can back me up on this and i know we're supposed to wrap this up but there's i, I mean you arguably, you know, I'm not from Champaign and, and I didn't know anybody there. You were probably my closest friend in Champaign. To this day, we, we worked together for five years. I don't even know where your house was in Champaign. And it was like, like we got, it was working together. Like it was all great. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, that was such a great relationship but it was there was just everybody had their space and their things and you they had when you their together, space there was this mutual understanding and it was it really was very very unique it doesn't happen people don't understand that they 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 want to they make it harder than it has to be mm -hmm. when it's one of the uh most easygoing laid-back jobs you yep. can have yeah unless you have an administrator that's like following your every move then it should be easy peasy Yes. You know, and that's yep. how you end up winning. That's how you win. You know, so yeah, just make it fun and relax. Well, coach, you got to come back. You got to come back. <laughs> yeah, we we got more stories more. to tell. Fantastic. Absolutely. You got to bring Zach on next time, though. Yeah, oh, we'll sure. get, we can get the whole crew and maybe we get, we got to talk about like Ashley or Morlake or some of those women too would be 
I think they might like to talk a little bit. You know, they may want to share. Yeah, think. Oh, that would absolutely be awesome. Yeah. No, it was well, I have I have to have at least one of my Jamaicans too, because I, I they're really funny. Oh yeah, for sure. Really funny. We yeah. got some stories about Jamaica coach that. Yeah, yeah we could just we do a podcast. <laughs> on Jamaica. Oh my goodness. Oh my God! Yes, funny, funny, funny. All right, you guys stay safe, have fun, and we'll Thank talk you so soon. much. All right, bye. Later. And it was it was absolutely incredible to have uh, Tanja on. No questions about it. She's got a busy schedule. She had to jump off real quick, but we want to thank everybody for for sitting back and listening. I think you, I think you learned a lot. Everything from what you learned from Coach Winkler and what you're supposed to do and how brilliant of a man he was to some of the stories and her grit, her determination. Uh, and yeah, there's a difference between winning and losing. One of the last things that she said there was one of the most impactful things. There's a difference between winning and losing and how you treat that and how you go about it and maybe what opportunities you have to sit down and take. So we normally say thank you again to Tanja, but we will. We'd love to have her on for a part two, bring on a Jamaican, bring on uh, one of her athletes. I think it'd be great to learn what her group, curl group is doing because as you guys both mentioned, it is a litany of unbelievably incredible things. And uh, we just don't talk about it enough here on the podcast. So, um, but ladies and gentlemen, in general, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, I got a lot out of it. I think we're gonna have to go back and listen to it because there's so many stories that you could listen to and just pick up this and pick up that and go, wow, I can't believe that that could happen and just learn from it. I think that was the most incredible thing. We'll definitely get her on for a second podcast and we'll all be rolling again. If you could have seen our faces, we were laughing and enjoying ourselves. So, um, but again, as always, thank you for uh, choosing uh, us as a podcast you listen to on a weekly basis. We're excited to see the podcast jump again to be in the still stay in the top 40 of the charts, the writing podcasts. That is incredible. That means very, means a lot to us. No questions about it. Uh, means hopefully we're doing something that is well, that is worthwhile. Um, but as always, um, thank you for spending uh, some time with us and we look forward to doing better on the next, uh, the next podcast. Hopefully we can make some more magic for you. And uh, gentlemen, it was great talking to you. You guys have a great week. Take care. See you next time.